0: you here tonight. I want to say hello to all those watching out there. Hello Sharon. Hello Alita and all those watching online. It's good to have you aboard. Let's get out our Bibles. We're going to continue in our study that we're not going to let a truth become the whole truth. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you, Lord, that every word is laced and infused with your glory and your power and your will and your faith. We open our hearts right now to receive that quickening in our hearts. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So we began looking at not letting a truth, a single verse or part of a verse of Scripture, become the last say on a subject and allowing it to become the whole truth. And every verse, every Scripture needs to be established. So we we established this last week that, first of all, that, as I just said, one Scripture verse can't determine... A whole truth they can't determine a doctrine so a part of or a complete verse is not the whole or complete truth so understand that we have to have multiple scriptures in harmony with other scriptures to establish it as a doctrine or a whole truth second of all a whole truth is established in consideration of God's nature we can't, we can't interpret a verse if it contradicts the nature of God. First John chapter 4, verse 8 says that God is love. Amen. He doesn't have love. That's who he is. That's what he's made of. And he can't go against his own nature. Remember, he is the Lord and he changes not. How does love treat one another? Well, we see over here in Romans chapter 13, 10, that love, the God kind of love, this isn't the human kind of love, this is the love of which God is and how he reacts to you and I and relates to you and I. It says that he will work no ill towards his neighbor. Romans 13, 10. For love, therefore, is the fulfilling of the law. So God can't, can't do something towards humanity that would violate who he is in terms of his nature also understand that, that the whole truth that, that God is is making known to us through the word of God is established by the works of Jesus look what Jesus what it says about Jesus here in John 5:19 so Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you the son can do nothing of his own accord. So Jesus didn't do one thing on earth, solely dependent on his desire, his wish, and his will. Amen. Amen. Th- then what did he do while he was here? He says, I only did what I saw my Father doing. For whatsoever the Father does, the Son of God us likewise so understand that Jesus was acting out God's will he was the word of God or the will of God in action and we saw how he reached out to every individual during his earthly ministry and so last week we showed The many scriptures together that gave us the complete truth of how to believe in Jesus in order to be saved. That you can't just base your salvation on one verse. I can't just use John 3, 16 and say well I believe in Jesus so I'm on my way to heaven. No, there's a lot more to believing in Jesus than what that verse says. So when you get a collected harmony of scripture together on the subject of receiving salvation you see all This salvation entails, and our responsibility to line up with it. We're going to look at a verse tonight that is kind of a verse that I've been, well, let's just jump into it. Let's go on over to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now, I am sure that each one of you knows this verse. You may have used this verse, and you may have heard of a lot of other people using this verse, and in a lot of times they're using it as the final say on what's going on in their life. Look here in Romans eight twenty-eight. You guys with me tonight? <laughs> no, I, I need you. <laughs> Are you with me tonight? You're believing with me. You're believing God's going to speak and give us utterance. Amen. Here we go. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, this verse, I have heard it used multiple times, and many times when they share this word or speak this word or use this word to describe what's going on in their life, they're using it as a whole truth. And, and it stands alone. It doesn't have any other scriptures that go with it. And unfortunately, most of the references that they've used of this scripture, they use it to explain why. Why they went through or are still dealing with certain difficulties in their life, and I have three examples here, and these are true life testimonies. These are things that that I heard people say using this verse. One of them I heard probably thirty years ago, and the other two I've been in the last six months, oh, wow. and so those are kind of fresh. So I'm giving you a capsulized version of what they said and in reference to how they used this verse. You ready? This individual said, well, I got in trouble with the law and I got thrown into jail. And when I was in jail, I, I shared Jesus with another cellmate and he got saved. So I believe that God... Caused all this to happen so that he could get me into that cell room with this other cell uh, cellmate, because he got saved. And you know, all things work together for good for those that love Jesus. Another individual, and this this person was physically in very poor shape. Maybe not as old as I am, but he was catching up to me, and he 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 was walking with a no, noticeable limp. He was dependent upon you know a, a crutch and and a and a cane, and he made this statement about his story that he'd been sick for years, and went into detail about what had gone on and and all the surgeries that he has had and. He says, in fact, I'm in pain most, most most every day I'm dealing with it. And he talked about how during all these times of his struggle with this disease and with this condition, he says, I never turned my back on the Lord. And he says, because of that, I now have this testimony of how even though I'm sickly, even though I have pain, even though I have to use a cane, everybody knows that even in midst of all that, I still love the Lord. So that's a, that's a tribute. So I'm in this condition that I can show people how much I love Jesus. Because you know that all things, all things work together for good that those that love the Lord. Another testimony is very similar to that one. And because of the condition that he had, uh, he was in the hospital quite a bit. And while in the hospital, someone else who was there having surgery He shared Jesus with him, and that person got saved. And so this person actually didn't say this so explicitly, but he made this this determination that God was a part of him needing surgery because he knew that if he could get him near this guy in the hospital room, he could get him saved. And that's why he had that condition that God was working his will through him through sickness and disease and he must have quoted this scripture at least three times in telling this story that all things work together for good now each one of these people believed that God was responsible for their hardship now Help me to say this with compassion. I'm I'm not, you see, a lot of times when people are going through things like this, that, you know, they need support. They they need help. They they need people to, to identify with what they're going through. But God does much more than that. Amen. Yes, he's concerned for us. Yes, he wants the best for us. But he's willing to do more than that. And so we as as fellow Christians, we've got to be careful that we don't simply sympathize with individuals. Sympathizing with someone is along the lines of having pity for them. Jesus, when he faced people in a condition that was out of control and they were suffering, the Bible says that he had compassion Passion on them to the degree that he would uh, allow his power that flows through him to deliver them and to set them free. Amen? So I, I don't want to come across callous tonight. Each one of these people, I, I'm not talking down on upon them, but what, what I'm saying is I'm using them as an example to show you that if you and I aren't careful that we'll, we'll think that God is doing things in our life on purpose to somehow fulfill His will through us. Come on. And we've got to be careful that we don't fall into that trap because then we feel that if God is a part of this, then, then, then I can't go to Him to get delivered from it. Amen? Amen. So each one of these people thought that God was responsible for what they were going through so it would position them in a place to do God's work. Now, let me say this, that each one of these individuals, I'm very confident, were taught that from the pulpit. That there are millions of believing Christians that hear on a regular basis from the pulpit of the church that they go to that God is all about us having to make daily sacrifices to him in the struggles we go through in life. Wow. And instead of being there to to use the power of God to deliver them. All they can do is just pat them and stroke them and give them some kind of emotional support while they deal with it. This kind of belief holds people in bondage. It holds them in that state where they just learn how to cope with it instead of to uproot it. So what does this verse mean? Is God making his children suffer in order to perform his will? As some would teach, as, 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 tum, as some would believe is the case. And as I said, this doctrine is being taught in millions of churches today. So let's, let's find out what this verse means. First and foremost, you and I have to embrace the truth concerning God, Amen, yes. the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he does not commission the works and the fruit of the devil to use these kinds of challenges of our life to influence a believer to do God's will. We, we have to embrace the nature of God. We have to embrace that He's not commissioning yeah. these horrible things that people have to go through, the pain they have to suffer. He's not a part of that. Yet you have people say, well, 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 well he, he's God. He can do everything He can do whatever he wants. That's not biblical. Come on, come on. That's yeah. not true. You're wrong about that. Yeah. You're, you're biblically cross-grained to what the Bible teaches. He isn't commissioning every little thing that's going on, or we all would be saved and out of here by now. Woo-hoo. Come on. We live in a fallen world that the steward of this earth, our Father Adam, allowed the laws of sin and death the works and fruit of the devil and his kingdom to have access to us. And then God, now this is one thing that God did do, he gave us the power to choose. So what he said in Deuteronomy, I put before you life and death. Choose life. And this false teaching that God's using suffering to bring glory to God is holding people captive because they love God so much and they want to please God so much. And so they think they're giving him glory through their suffering. So understand that God's not in partnership with the devil. That's right, amen. You and I have amen. to see that there is a personal devil on this earth who's amen. come to kill, steal, and to destroy. Amen. And God has done everything necessary to free us through His Son Jesus Christ. But we have to walk in that liberty and freedom according to His Word. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. So understand that, number one, what these people were depicting of God, number one, that's not his nature. That's not his nature. Mm -hmm. Number two, did Jesus ever do that to somebody? He didn't say to one person that came to him for deliverance from sickness, well, no, you gotta stay sick you got to stay in this condition longer. You need to give glory to God in that sickness. Not, all God. Not once. Nope. Nope. You know what God did instead? He made His own Son suffer for you and I. Come on, amen. So we wouldn't have to. Yes. I can't be any more emphatic about this because it just chaps my hide. When I hear people talking about our God, because they've been taught a bunch of doctrines of men and a religious dribble just chaps my hide. because I was held captive with that same dribble for 24 years. Come on. Amen. Thinking that right. the living God who is love in his infinite wisdom and understanding took my dad have another angel in the choir nope. I'll tell you this does much damage to individuals who are trying to please God and these people that get bitter because they think God did those things to them Come on. Amen. I yeah. was bitter towards God for 20 and I, and I said it then and I'll say it tonight if my father in heaven the father of Jesus Christ took my dad, I don't want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He didn't. He did everything to help my dad. Amen. Unfortunately, my dad was under this cloak of the traditions of men and didn't see the truth. And he suffered for no reason. Because yeah. Jesus already took infirmities, and various sicknesses. So you can see I'm a little emotional about this. I, 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 I'm a little edgy about this. Because I don't want to see people suffer. Amen. Just like Jesus was weeping over the multitudes in his prayer time. And it says, he saw how they were suffering. He saw the condition in which they lived. He saw the works of the enemy holding them bound. And that's why he went to the cross. Yeah. Amen. Amen? So what does this verse mean? All things? All things work out for the good? To those that love God? As I just said, our Heavenly Father has never had a part in any hardship in your life. Period. Explanation mark. Explanation mark. Explanation mark. Not once. Not ever. The Bible's clear, John 10, 10. This is Jesus speaking. He should know what the Father's like, right? He says the thief, that's the devil, that's our enemy in his kingdom. He's come to do what? To steal from you. He's come to kill you. Kill you in your body. Kill you in your finances. Kill you in your relationships. Kill you in everything that you set your hand to. He's the destroyer. That's right. Amen. And to destroy. What did Jesus say? I am come that you might have life. Glory. That's com- the complete opposite of what the devil's doing. That's right. Now, how is Jesus giving us life? From the Father. He's commissioned by God. And so it's God the Father who commissioned you and I to have life through Him. And not a little dabble, do you? But it says, and give you life more abundantly. Woo! I like that. I like this over here in James 1.13. You guys doing all right? Yeah. We're over the rough part. (laughs) I, I trust. How about out there? You Okay. It's so important for us to see our Father as He is in truth. Amen. He's for us. He's with us. But we have to come in agreement with Him. That's the, that's the, really the first step to be able to access His help. Here in James one thirteen it says, Let no man say. That's kind of strong. That's, that's kind of emphatic. That's, that's kind of like black and white. Don't say this. What don't you want us to say? That when I am tempted, and that's not just temptation. That, this is talking about tests and trials and controversies and challenges. Getting bad reports from the doctor. Looking at our checkbook and going, oops, how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? These are all the things, a, a marriage that's in turmoil. Kids that are out running around doing things that they have no business doing. Let's not even bring up the subject of watching the nightly news and all that's going on in the world. He says, don't let anyone say I'm tempted of God, tested of God, suffering because of something God did. For God cannot be tempted with evil. He can't use evil against anyone. You know why? He doesn't have any. I said he doesn't have any. It's not his nature. He can't give you and I something that he doesn't have. thought we were over the rough part, but I guess we're still there. (laughs) Amen. Now, this this can't be any more black and white. Neither does he tempt, test, challenge, cause someone to suffer. Neither tempteth he any man. There should be some hallelujahs rising up here tonight. I'll tell you, that this truth right here the, from these two verses set your pastor free. Come on. Years ago. Years ago. When I found out the truth of who's been the, the, the author of that which causes us to suffer. And I, I began to see the players. Come on. You know? Sometimes you got to find out who the players are in life. And I finally saw this, this one in the shadows. It isn't, well, let's not say it that way, but that's how he operates. He operates in the shadows. He operates behind the curtain. He operates in a place where you can't see him. And then he's pulling strings and, and making us, he's trying to make us to believe that God's doing all these things. I finally saw that he's the one that took my dad you mean God doesn't take people that's what I said didn't you read over there in John chapter 14 he says he receives us he doesn't take us take is is a commissioning receiving is you leave for whatever reason and he's receiving you man that set me free Woo! Amen. And you and I have got to start seeing who is the author of our suffering yeah. and kind of get a little, oh, I was going to say one of those words. Um, we need to get a little upset about it. I mean, you're sitting in your living room, right? And you're watching your big screen TV that you're paying monthly on, right? <laughs> Yoling. Yeah. and somebody comes into your house that looks like a raccoon, you know, he's got his mask on, and he grabs your TV set. Are you just going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, okay, can I help you out with that? You're not going to, no, you're going to, hey, that's my TV that I'm making payments on. That's that's mine. And you're going to do whatever you can to keep him from stealing that from you because it's yours. Having an overflowing su- supply is yours. Having a marriage that's heaven on the earth is yours. Having godly children is yours. Having protection is yours. Having peace is yours. Having joy is yours. We can't let some defeated foe the devil take it from us. Because one of the very first things that Jesus said Before he left the earth, he says, in my name, you will cast out devils. (laughs) Number one, I've given you authority over the devil and his works. Now use it. And let's kick his blessed assurance, his (laughs) bouté all over the yard. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) See, until we know who the players are, my heart just went out to this man who could barely get out the door of the church because he was so crippled up by that disease. And I'm thinking, Jesus died for you. Jesus died not just for your sins, but because of this condition. I wish I could help you. I wish I I could pray for you. I wish I could help you to see. But he thought he was giving glory to God in his condition. How sad is that? How sad is that? (sighs) Okay, I'm done. Until the next verse. <laughs> Alright, what's this verse mean? Go to Romans 8.28. Let's do some Bible work here. Let's do some study here. Let's do some discernment. Let's 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 interpret this verse. What does it really what's it really saying? Romans 8.28 says, and we know. That all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, the very first tool that we bring out of our tool belt to interpret a verse is to find the contents of that verse. Where is it in conjunction with other verses? Because understand that the Bible flows with a subject matter and then goes to another subject and then goes to another subject. Well, what's the subject of which this verse finds itself? So many times you're going to find the meaning and be able to interpret the meaning of a verse just by virtue of the other verses around it, right? That's why out of the multitude of scriptures, let that word be established. Well, let's 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 go back up to verse 26. So you're in Romans 828. Let's go to two verses up above it. Romans 826 says likewise the spirit also helpeth what? our infirmities. Now many people see that word infirmities and they just automatically make a conclusion it's talking about sickness and disease. So, he helps my infirmity. So, what is my infirmity? What infirmity is he talking about? He goes on to say in that same verse, For we know not. That's our infirmity. That's our inability. That's our weakness. For we know not. What don't we know? What we should pray for as we ought. So, the subject matter of the verse two verses above is prayer the subject matter is what Ooh, prayer yes. amen so i have this in- inability H- how do i how how does he help me with this infirmity that i have it continues in verse 26 but the Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, that's the one who lives in us, it says that he, King James says it, the Holy Spirit's not an it, he's a divine person, As himself, does what? Maketh intercession for us, that should be with us, because the Holy Spirit never prays by himself. He doesn't pray for you. He prays with you. Amen? Amen. Amen? It's funny. This one lady read this verse, and she goes, well, I don't pray anymore. And the pastor goes, why don't you pray? Well, I found out in the Bible that he does all my praying for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really good interpretation of a verse, is it? We gotta, see, we got to be careful that we don't make a truth singular. The truth. Amen. The whole truth. And the final say on a subject you, you got to get the continuity and the context and what other verses are saying amen and in this and in this case about prayer now so the Holy Spirit will help you and I to pray that's what intercession is it's a type of prayer he helps us with intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered so this verse 26 is talking about not only praying but you're praying in tongues you're praying with the help of the Holy Spirit he's giving you words of a heavenly language and so his ability to give you that utterance is him praying with you do you see why the devil just can't stop getting upset about tongues he always gets people stirred up about tongues. We've had more people leave this church when they found out that we spoke in tongues. Yep, yep. Again, that's what they were taught from millions of pulpits all over the world. Tongues is of the devil. Watch out for those bunches speaking with tongues. Come on. That's somebody who hasn't read the Bible. That's right. Because in that verse we cited over there in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, it says that in my name, you're going to cast out devils and you're going to speak with tongues. Jesus himself said that. Ding, 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 ding. Maybe it's for us then, Come on. right? Yep. And if a person will just do a study on tongues when tongues is just talking about a language, it's a heavenly language, it's not something weird or crazy, that's like us saying, don't go to France, they speak in French. <laughs> don't go there. Duh. That's the language they speak in France. Well, guess what? They speak a language in heaven. Yes, come on. It's a language that you can't be taught, but the Holy Spirit can give you the words that you can speak. Glory. And now God is praying through you. Right. You want to get good at prayer? Get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues and start speaking in tongues and let him pray through you. You'll pray a perfect prayer. This is getting better tonight. This, you know, it started out a little rough. It's getting a little better. <laughs> I hope. I trust. <laughs> we'll see. So, he maketh intercession with us, with groanings we cannot be uttered. So, this verse is talking about praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, what happens when we do that? What is the result? What's the benefit? Verse 27. 26, 27, getting to verse 28. So he, and this is the Holy Spirit who's now praying with you by giving you words of heaven, he that searches the hearts knoweth something. What does the Holy Spirit know? He knows what is the mind of the Spirit. We can say what is the will of the Spirit. Because he, the Holy Spirit, Is making intercession through you with the words that you're praying. That he gives you, he's praying with the saints according to the will of God. Woo! Come on. I mean, is this an advertisement for praying in other tongues, or what? (laughs) Come on. Do you? Does anybody here want the will of God done in their life? Yes. Well, one way, not the only way, but one way is to let the Holy Spirit pray through you. And he'll make intercession or create the will of God in your life. It's good stuff. Okay, when he makes intercession for us, that creates the will of God, then what happens? Ah, we we come now to Romans 8, 28. Now, what is the very first word in the King James in verse 28? What? And? Oh, you mean that conjunction word? That word that says, I'm about to say something connected with what was already said. I'm connecting. Do you see that right now, verse... 28 here has everything to do with verses 26 and 27 because the verse starts with end. Yes. and a and d. Amen. So the subject matter about praying in other tongues is still rolling on. Woo-hoo. Right? And we know and we know now, after we figured out what is said in the above two verses, that he's talking about us praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can anybody see this? you seeing this? Mm-hmm. Good. And we know that when we pray according to the above two verses, praying with the help of the Holy Spirit, that all things work together for good what you see this traditional traditions of men teaching about god is that everything out there is the will of god everything that happens in life is the will of god you don't get it because you're stupid no that's what they think that we're stupid so God just has to do things independent of us because we don't know any better. <laughs> really? You would do that to your child? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Everything is not, God is not orchestrating everything in the world and everything that happens in my life. When something bad happens to me, God doesn't do, allow that to have a purpose in me going through something bad. Come on. That's like training my kids that way. Yep. Come on. Do you think I would ever, as a good parent, willfully and on purpose make my child sick? Do you think I would willfully withhold provisions from them? Sleep out in the barn tonight. i got to teach you something. Sleep in the car tonight. I want to teach you something. You think a good parent would do that? Then why would we accuse God of doing that? Come Do you see how emotional I get about this? I'm sorry. It just gets me irritated that people buy into that dribble that's coming from so many pulpits all over the world. They don't even know God. They couldn't. All right, I'm really settling down. This is I'm, I'm really calming down, all right? Here we go. Whew. You probably can't wait for me to finish here. So here in verse 28, it says that all things work together for good is to those who are letting the Holy Spirit help them when they pray. Because he's praying according to the will of God. And whatever you're facing, that you don't know how to change. Because remember, we have an infirmity. We don't know how to pray as we should. So the Holy Spirit is helping us to pray in other tongues that begins impacting what we're dealing with and then turning it into good. That which the devil has meant for evil, God is going to take it and make it unto good. By what? By uprooting what you're going through. If you're sick, he can make you well. If you're poor, he can get the money to you. If your marriage is going up in flames, he can begin working on that relationship. If your kids are out in the streets, he can bring them into church. Are you listening to me tonight? Yes, you don't suffer through all these things to, because that's the part that's good. No, it's changing that which is evil Come on. into good. Yes. Amen. And if once we grab a hold of that, it'll take us out of this realm where we just passively let things happen. Oh, because this Mrs. He's he's getting good out of this. No. He's not. That's the lie that the devil uses for you and I to put up with that which is evil. Come on. Amen. And we don't pursue the truth. We don't pursue the way that God can get us out of this. Amen? Amen. So, what we do with the help of the Holy Ghost in verses 26 and 27 is what determines what happens in verse 28. I can't just pull this verse 28 and use it every time something bad happens. And then I just go, well, something good's gonna happen because of this. I just gotta suck it up and take it. Take it like a man. No, no, no. I start accessing God's help. And one way, this isn't the only way, but one way is a letting Him help us to pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Come on. There's many different ways that he can get us out of the situation we're in to make that which is evil and convert it into good. Amen. Amen. So God doesn't create challenges in our life, but he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to pray. To pray in such a way that we create a solution, a way out. Did you notice that God didn't let Paul and Silas continue to be in jail? They got thrown into jail for preaching the gospel, for delivering a little girl from a devil, and they got thrown into a jail. Aren't you glad that God didn't say, Well, stay in there for a little bit, boy, so you learn about serving me. No, they prayed and sang praises, and they got delivered. That's how things get turned for good, the deliverance of God. So, after hearing all this, I trust we can boldly say and believe that all things work together for good to them that allow the Holy Spirit to help them when they pray in other tongues. Now remember, this is just one instance and one example of how he can help us. He's also given us other avenues, other kinds of prayers. He's given us faith. He's given us the name of Jesus. He's given us one another that we can come in agreement and come against that which is evil to turn it into good. There's so many weapons available to us to overcome in this world. And just like you and I want the best for our children, and we'll do everything within our power to make sure they get it, so is it with our Heavenly Father. The only difference is, He's got deeper pockets than we parents have. He's got more resources that we can utilize. Amen? Amen? Well, Father, I thank you for the truth. The truth can only set set us free when we actually know the truth. If we embrace a falsehood, if we embrace a tradition of men, and we think that that's truth, it doesn't free us. It holds us in bondage. And, And we just become a a doormat for the enemy to walk on us. But your word is truth. And when I say your word, I'm talking about the full counsel of God. I'm talking about truth that is supported by other verses that are saying the same things. It's that truth that has the power to deliver. It's that truth has the ability to set us free. It's that truth that can give light unto our decision-making and help us to walk out of this entrapment of our enemy, the devil, and to walk out into liberty, to walk out into the light, and to be free. Is that kind of truth that we can know and act upon sets us free. Father, thank you for it. Let's lift our hands and say, thank you, Father. Thank you for the truth. I embrace the truth. I apply the truth. Therefore, I walk in liberty and I am free. Anyone believe that tonight? Anyone believe that tonight? Out there, you believe that tonight? Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. See you guys.